This is the Later in Life Love Podcast. This is Herbu AJ. I'm here with your friend Mimi. We have a very special guest today. We have my friend of about five years, and I really wanted her to be on the show because she has such a great perspective on dating and relationships and how she navigated that whole world of being single and being a working woman and balancing your life and your established life with work and trying to find that love of your life. So I really wanted her to be on the show and I'm glad I talked her into it. Very excited because this is, of course, our first interview also. So please welcome Lynn. Hi, nice to see you guys. I'm glad to be here. First of all, congratulations are in order because you recently became engaged. Oh, um, I did. I did. Thank you. <laughs> Tell the ring. Tell the ring to our audience on the radio. It's actually being resized. <laughs> it was a little too big, but we're expecting to get it back next week. But Mimi has pictures. So hey, that's a good it. problem to have when you got a ring that's too big. You're talking about the stone was too big, right? Say yes. The, oh, the actually, yeah. it's a beautiful ring yes he did a great job oh it's it's stunning it is a beautiful ring so i guess the first question is how did you meet how did you meet this wonderful man so we actually met on two different speed dating events Mm -hmm. and one of them was supposed to be in person it was canceled at the very last minute and became virtual and then the second one was an intentional virtual speed dating event, which is a, was a few days later. So we met during the first event and it was, you know, it, it was a little chaotic because people hadn't really figured out how to do it. It was a little awkward. It was almost like the Brady Bunch and you're like getting interviewed in front of like 35 people. It was just very, very oh, awkward. And during that conversation, I actually thought that he was really connecting with someone else. And I was interested, but I thought, okay, he's like, he seems to have made a connection, right? And so I didn't say yes to him the first time. And then a few days later, he was back in speed dating and he made a point of referring to a few things I had said during like one of my Brady Bunch like interview things in front of everybody. He made a point of saying those two, th- a couple things to me during our one-on-one time during that second speed dating event. And it became clear then at that point, one, he was disappointed I hadn't said yes the first time. And two, um, that he was obviously interested. So uh, I said yes. And then we did another virtual date. We just, um, I think we did two more virtual dates, but we talked for so long. Like it just was so natural. And then by this end of the second date, I guess both of us sort of got this feeling of like, we can't just keep this virtual, right? Like we've had such deep conversations. We probably had you know two and a half hours of very deep conversation at this point. Um, we should probably meet. So we had a, a series of conversations about risk, right? Like health risk and exposure. And like, this was early, right? So it was like, how many people have you been around? Are you going out? Are you washing your hands, right? Like, just to be sure that I wasn't going to get the plague. He wasn't going to get the plague. Um, and so I decided just to come in and meet him. And so I might literally our first date was in his apartment. Um, and I call, you know, of course, I'd like told my friends, like, if I'm not out in 20 minutes, he's murdered me, call the police, you know, trying to like protect myself. But um, yeah, so we we just started meeting at each other's apartments. So we would, he would come to me, I would come to him. I drove, he would take the train and or, you know, Uber out. And so we would just, uh, you know, back and forth completely encased in PPE <laughs> to, <laughs> to prevent transmission. Um, yeah. And so that was really the beginning of our relationship. We, uh, 
we actually had an ornament. This is another thing I love about him. He's very romantic and very sentimental in some very meaningful ways. So he brought up this idea of creating an ornament uh, with each other for our first year. And so we basically like got little phrases that we put on this, this ornament for our first Christmas together. Um, and one of those was picnics because we went on so many picnics because it was like the only thing to really do. <laughs> so, <be> outside. <laughs> yeah. So we picnicked here. We picked right there, like everywhere. Actually, we got engaged at a picnic in Central Park. So, you know, it was kind of made sense because that's so much of our first dates. We also we went to Home Depot a lot, which is a separate story. So that also made it on the ornament, Home Depot. But okay. he likes to call it our date spot. <laughs> oh. Yeah. We do a lot of hanging out on Home Depot. So this notion of love at first sight, and I knew from the moment I laid eyes on him that he was my soulmate. What do you think about that? I think I used to be of that school, but I modified it a bit as I got older. And that is, wow, this person could really be, could really be that person for me. I don't know enough yet to know for sure, but yeah, I can see the potential. And when I started to make it not such a finite thing, like yes or no, more like maybe, I actually started to realize the amount of people that fell in the maybe bucket <laughs> was like very few, like maybe 3% of the people I met ever fell into that. Oh yeah, I could really feel this, this being a thing long-term and like spending my life with this person. So let's talk about your boo. Okay. Let's talk about the things that he did right to make you say, okay, we got a winner here. This, this is someone I can really work with. Um, yeah. So he, he did a lot of things, right. Uh, obviously I'm biased, but, um, so I would say the first thing that I, that really jumped out at me is he, he was his own person. And what I mean by that is it was very clear to me. He wasn't trying to present or comport himself in a way to catch me, right? He was just who he was, comfortable in his skin, showing up, having conversations. And I don't want to be, you know, flip and say like, take it or leave it. But like, this is who I am, right? And I felt that, I felt a genuine, here's who I am. Here's what I have to offer. And I think you're really special. And I, I see you as interesting. And so I felt a genuine sort of, I see you moment is what I call it. Mm -hmm. I think people tend to see each other through their own lens, right? And that's normal, but it takes some suspension of self to really see another person. And I saw indications very early on that he was really seeing me. Um, he asked a lot of questions about, about my career. So my career is a huge part of my life. I've invested a lot of time and energy. I have a lot of education. And um, this kind of gets back into those traditional male-female roles, right? But I'd be considered like a high-powered woman, I guess, for many people. Very much so. He didn't shy away from that, right? He had a lot of questions. He was excited about it. Oh, that's amazing. You're a go-getter, like very enthusiastic and good for you type of behavior. That was very unusual for me to see early on. I want to dig into that a little bit because we hear so often that women, the higher up you get in your career, the more difficult it is to date and find a man who's actually okay with that. Did you find in previously in your dating life that you had um, often had issues with people being okay with someone who maybe made more money that, than them or were more advanced in their career than um, the man was? Definitely. It, it became more, as I've gotten more senior in my career, it became more of a, of a narrative in my dating life, for sure. Um, Did you I ever think, go to the extreme of hiding or, you know, not, not being as upfront? I wouldn't say hiding, but not being as upfront in the beginning and not letting yeah. them fully know, you know, how uh, powerful you were? Yeah, I, I absolutely. I wouldn't say hiding, but downplaying it. 
um, trying to delay it to later in the conversation or, you know, mm -hmm. series of conversations. Um, I eventually got to the point though, that I realized this is who I am. And if I, if I hide this, like, it's not, <laughs> it's not going to make it better to wait. Um, and I'd rather just be upfront with it. So, um, yeah, I absolutely think it's a dynamic and I, I have to say, I feel, I feel like men have it a lot harder now because it's, it's, the things that were that well, at least when I was growing up, the things that were were viewed as traditionally good things to do as men in a romantic sense, so much of that had to do with providing monetarily, giving things, controlling the situation, and so the messaging has really flipped a lot, and it makes it much harder to date as a man. I think so. It requires more, at least cisgender straight male, right? We're mm -hmm. presuming we all <laughs> realize we're talking True. about straight True. relationships, but um, it so. Much much of is being called into question and that's very hard right to to have to uh, to examine and reassess everything you've sort of been programmed from a very young age as a male to do and then to realize that that doesn't really work with a with a certain segment of women um, that can pay their own bills they don't need someone to do that for them and in fact that's not something that's necessarily attractive that is such a good point especially with you know people in our demographics the 40 50 60 and beyond for them to change their perspective is going to be quite challenging um and that's just you know part of uh why you know how they grew up and what they've always known yeah so your fiance was very accepting of your career he was comfortable with being his authentic genuine self he saw you for your authentic genuine self what are some of the other things that made you say wow i got a good one here how he talked about his exes was powerful. yeah um i heard very early on about you know his his uh no um he's he was married previously and that relationship ended and i heard very early on what he learned from that experience and what he would do differently and that level of self-awareness and vulnerability was powerfully attractive I love it. To have someone realize that they had some stake in it. And I will say from my perspective, I don't, I think if I'm going to lay blame. I think it was probably more her direction, but he was very, uh, very willing and uh, upfront about taking ownership of the components he could have done differently. And that just spoke volumes to me. Um, and how early on did you have those conversations about previous relationships? Because that's something a lot of people will say is, oh my goodness, don't talk about your exes too early. Definitely not on the first date. In some cases, people a month or a couple months in don't feel comfortable discussing previous relationships in great detail. So how early did those conversations happen? I don't really recall, but I, I have a sense that I knew within the first month mm -hmm. of, of dating him. Um, now, I will say our situation was a bit different. We met right at the beginning of the pandemic. And I think that that actually created this interesting dynamic for us to be able to get to know each other in a very accelerated way um, because we didn't have the distraction of going to the fancy dinners and going to this and going to that, right? We had to just, we were our own entertainment. <laughs> so like <laughs> talking with each other, right, became the primary, uh, the primary event. And so um, I knew very quickly that 
that he, you know, had been married before, how, you know, roughly how that ended, right? We didn't get into the, you know, the details of that for months, but I could just see by the way he talked about his ex and a few of his exes, actually, that he was somebody that liked women, somebody that respected women, um, somebody that took ownership for his part in a relationship. Um, I could see his egalitarianism very quickly and just mm -hmm. how he approached things. Um, one of the things that I also found just really refreshing about him is that he, um, he enjoyed his, his, I could tell that he was living his life and he was, well, he was definitely dating and that was clear that he was dating a lot. He was also doing things that he just genuinely enjoyed. And that cultivation of his own life and his own interests, that also is very attractive to me because I don't, I, for, and this is again, my own personal view of my, again, my needs and my wants, but I have a lot of hobbies that I do on my own. And I, you know, I, to your point, I love that idea of established life. I had an established routine and life and preferences and, you know, joys in my life that were uniquely mine. And I appreciated that he had his, it wasn't like he had been in stasis, just waiting for a woman. And then he was going to like, you know, then he was going <laughs> to kick off life. He just, he was living his life and enjoying his life. And I loved hearing about it, right? All these things I hadn't seen or done or experienced. And he's just sharing these wonderful moments and, and recounting them to me. And I enjoyed that he was able to genuinely enjoy life outside of a relationship that just showed a lot of health and, um, uh, ability to be self-confident and self-motivating and self-sustaining, right? That was very attractive. That's beautiful. And I think that's something that we hear often is that you have to get to the point in life where you are comfortable being single, where you have your hobbies and interests and you enjoy that on your own and you want to share that with someone versus, as you said, just kind of being in limbo and waiting for that person before you embark on various adventures or things that you, you have on your bucket list. Would you say that that's true? Yeah, absolutely. It's one thing to hear it, right? It's a kind of a throwaway phrase that people use, but mm -hmm. the hard work of like, I just, just being a human, right? The hard work of being a happy, fulfilled adult is, it, again, it gets back to that idea of priorities. You can't do everything. Just, it's not possible. So finding the things that are meaningful for you, right? Whether that's some kinds of self-improvement, whether that's certain kinds of hobbies, whatever those things are, if it's knitting and I don't know, TV dinners, whatever makes you happy, genuinely, who cares what anyone else thinks, but it takes a certain amount of confidence, I think, to be so okay with just doing the things that you find to be a priority and not making apologies for that. And I loved that about him. He was very, just very much his own person from the beginning. I really, really appreciated that. That's beautiful. And, you know, one of my quirky things is that I love to watch YouTube videos on nonverbal communication. And I've roped AJ into that amazingly. And I remember being so impressed that he was able to join in with me on those videos. I'm all about the behavior panel, man. I, <laughs> behavior panel. We find ourselves watching other events or doing things together and watching other people and going, hey, wait a minute. Did you catch that little nonverbal cue? Did you catch when they did this or did that? So yeah, she's roped me in and, and that's fine. And I do agree with the fact that, you know, it is attractive when your mate has their own thing. They're not just sitting there waiting for you because often as men, you know, we have our thing and then we meet a lady who, you know, is a little more, I, I don't know what the correct term would be, uh, but I don't know, vulnerable or just waiting for that guy to show them the right way. And, you know, they're dating one guy and, and they like, you know, um, they like rock climbing and then they break up with him and, you know, and then the next guy is a guy that, you know, that's a triathlon person and, you know, 
and they're like, oh, all, all of a sudden I'm into, you know, running and jogging. And then they meet the next guy that's a cook and suddenly they're into cooking. So just kind of molding their life to fit, uh, to fit their mates, you know, was one of the things that, you know, traditionally or historically females have done. And, you know, knowing that you have your own thing is great and we can have our own things separately and still like each other. That is so true. And I, I recently saw a video clip about Michelle Obama, and she talked about the fact that she didn't want to just be an appendage to Barack Obama's life. And I thought that was so deep because very often as women, we will try to mold ourselves and mold our interests to what we feel will keep him interested or hold his attention. And in the process, we lose ourselves or we don't even think about what it is that we want and what our interests are, or even in some cases, give up those interests for whatever reason. So I think that this is very, very important to be your own self and to find someone who loves you for the 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 your the interest that you like not um because of the fact that you are able to mold to what they like to do well it's hard to feel it's hard to have a meaningful fulfilled life and i think that this is part of not to get super philosophical but i think that's part of why there's a challenge especially for men straight men right now around dating because i think there's an awareness happening as much as me too is about how women are treated it's also in my mind about how women think about themselves and you know women starting to feel like i have something of value i am a person in in my own right i'm not just a mother and a wife i'm myself right i i have things good and bad and i have desires and preferences and i think that there's sort of an awakening that's happening right now around women having their own just sense of self and again for men that have grown up in decades where to your point aj women were supposed to mold themselves right and be the reflection of whatever the man wanted and fit into his life um you know that's that's a huge change and i don't think people really appreciate how different that that approach is and i will say that's another thing that i really saw about my fiance early on is <laughs> he could see in me when i was trying to mold myself to his like whatever he wanted to do and he would push back against that don't just say that because you think i want that do you want that and like giving me that space to be able to be uh, thoughtful about what I wanted was so attractive because I felt like he really wants me to feel fulfilled and, and, and as a person, right? Not just his partner, but as a human, I feel like I'm having my needs met and I have my partner like acknowledging that and encouraging that. It, it, it was such a, a mind-blowing thing for me and it was so attractive. That's golden. Well, he sounds like an amazing man. I'm so happy for you. Yeah, he really is. Yeah. <laughs> All those dates, I just think about all those dates. It was worth it. That's the other thing I always told myself. You don't need all, you just need one. So go. just next, yes. next, 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 next until you get to the one. That's all you need. So just keep going until you find it.